0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Everything Teenage Girl podcast and this week I have a super special guest which is my mom. Mom, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Hazel's mom. Yeah, beautiful. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to be in this episode. I asked you guys on like Instagram and like all like the social medias um, to ask me questions that you guys were too afraid to ask your mom so I will ask my mom. You know, so you don't have to ask yours. So basically, we're going to do, like, what we normally do, which is, like, do the update of the week and the quote of the week, and then we'll get into the episode. Okay, so this week, at a pretty pretty eventful week. I mean, I guess, like, the weekend was, like, really eventful. So on Friday night, I went to a haunted house with my friends, which was super fun. And, like, two years ago, I would not have done this. So, like, that's good. Um, But, yeah, I – Faced my fear there because I really do not like being scared. But it actually, like, once you, like, get into it, it was fine. Um, But that was probably the highlight of my week. But I also went to, like, two Halloween parties last night with my friends as well. So that was fun.
1: You were busy this week. Yeah. And I was very proud of you for doing the Haunted House. Not something I would have expected her to finish. Neither do I. Bravo. Fun stuff. And so what did you say, my... Update of the week? Yeah. I, I did some. <laughs> uh, I'm an educator. So, uh, part of the work that I do is I work with parents on learning about their children. Um, so, I did a parent presentation one night and that went well. And then I was able to hang with my friends one evening. Um, so, yeah, I had a good, productive week, a little bit of
0: rest time and
1: busy weekend, but we're um, ready for
0: Halloween. Yeah. I just heard today that like Halloween weekend is a thing. Cedar Point? No, just like in general. Like it's just Hollow Weekend. Okay. And I did not know this and I was like, that's fun. I didn't, I've never heard that term before.
1: I've only heard it with Cedar Point. They used to have Hollow Weekends or they still do have Hollow Weekends where you can go and they, it's all decorated and spooky and scary and. During the evening time. Oh yeah. You can go during the day for like the young ones.
0: It's not. It's less spooky. Yeah, but like I heard it from somewhere. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But yeah, I got through the haunted house, and I was like having so much anxiety though before because like I just don't do that type of stuff, and like it was it was rough. But then once I got into it, it was like fine. It wasn't as bad as I thought.
1: And you had people with you. you yeah. Had a support team, mm-hmm. and then you had
0: parents. Like, I had that all were there. my friends, and then like some of their parents came too. But there was like an arachnophobia one, and I was like, oh gosh, no. I'm, like, terrified of spiders, but it wasn't, they were, it wasn't really that, like, there wasn't a lot of spiders, so it was okay, but, like, the scariest part is, like, outside of them, like, outside of the actual haunted house, and then you walk in, and it's, like, not as scary as, like, oh. the stuff outside. Okay. Like, there's this weird clown walking around outside. And, oh, sure, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm, and they had this weird swords that, like, like, make, like, sparks when it, like, rubs across oh, sure. the ground. Yeah. So that was, that was fun, but it's fine. We got through that. Um, so now after that, we have the quote of the week. So this week's quote quote of the week is from my sister. She found it. She didn't actually like say this, but she found it on like Pinterest and sent it to me. So it's, and one day, oh wow. We're going to restart because that was rough. And one day she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire and that not even, and that not even she could hold herself back because her passion burned brighter than her fears that was for my sister. I can barely read that.
1: Yeah.
0: Who is it? Armstrong, Neil, Mark,
1: Mark, Mark Anthony,
0: Mark Anthony. Huh. I don't know. Um, but basically, I feel like that's like speaks for itself. Do you want to reread that? Because I like that. It is such like weird writing. I could barely read it. And
1: one day, she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire, and that not even she could hold herself back. Because her passion burned brighter than her fears.
0: Yeah. Nice. So that was brought to you by my sister. Okay. So we're going to get into the questions. So our first question is, how do I handle having social media or not having social media? Almost all my friends have it and I feel really left out. So this question is basically asking like, how are you, do you deal with not having social media and basically how we're going to do it is my mom's going to answer the question and then I'll answer it from like a child's perspective after her.
1: Yeah, I guess I would love to know how old this person is. I don't think we have that information, but, mm-hmm. um, I think when we're talking about, uh, certainly preteens, teenagers, which as my guess, most of you mm-hmm. listeners are, yeah. um, it's, this is a tough age in general and, um, social media just adds a lot to those challenges. So uh, I'll give you a little history. In in my family, um, I have two girls and um, their father and I chose to kind of put a pretty clear line on when social media would start or how it would start. Um, and we really waited a while probably longer than some of her friends. Well, certainly longer than most of her friends. And um, we as parents had a lot of pushback. Um, Both of the girls did not uh, feel it was fair. They didn't like it. Um, They thought we were being mean. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Too strict, unfair. And um, it was hard. It was hard for me as a parent uh, to stick by that, but I kept going back to what science was telling us about how the young person's brain works and specifically for girls, um, how your brains are, are working and what media, social media is doing to your brains, um, how it can affect your brains. And just knowing those things, uh, what I did, what my husband and I did was we um, gave a lot of information to both the girls about this is what we know about what's happening in your brain. And because of that, this is why we're saying what we're saying and doing what we're doing. And um, I kept standing by that. And I explained it to the girls in hopes that they would understand that this was done out of love. Like we're we're doing this because we know it's scientifically the best thing for you. Not even like it's just like my morals or my ethics. It wasn't that at all. It was really about what I know was happening in, you know, her sister and hers, brain and body Mm -hmm. and what our society was doing and then going, I can work against that. I can, I can, uh, we can fight that and we can really push to go, I'm going to give my girls a chance to develop a higher level of Mm self-esteem, to develop a little bit more of a reasoning mind. And when we finally introduced them or they got introduced to a little more social media, I think it came with an age and a maturity that allowed them to go, ah, I see what this was that my mom was talking about and I understand it. And now I can mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, process it better, yeah. evaluate it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's fair to say too, because I think that like, with and without social media, like depending on what you have, like it really shapes you as a human being. So I think for us, like I didn't get Instagram till just this past summer. So I had already turned 14. Um, and that was kind of like the time like it was like the summer before eighth grade is like when you know my sister got it and so my mom like let me get it at that time too so it was kind of like uh like but i before i got social media it was almost like everyone else was talking about it everyone else had social media in my friend group at least and it was almost like oh okay well i'm just gonna sit here and i really had nothing to talk about and whatever and obviously like i found my things to talk about but it was de- there was definitely like a side to me that was just like, I wish I have social me- I had social media because you know, it would have been helpful for me to feel you know included in the conversation that they're having. But I think that like my friend group does like a really good job and like, you know, having conversations other than social media. And so I didn't run into a full problem, but I know for a lot of people, they run into that problem where all their friends, that's the only thing that they're talking about. Or, you know, you're at a party and they're just sitting on their phones on social media. And that's not really what like my friend group does though. Um, but I think to answer your question, like how to deal with it, I think just kind of like changing the conversation to something that like is relatable to everyone. Cause you have a say in whatever conversations you're having, um, so, but I can definitely understand where you're coming from and like the sense of like, everyone else is talking about this and I have never seen it or I've not, you know, cause I don't have the social media. Um, but I think there's definitely like, um, a benefit in not getting social media because it shapes you as a human being and you're not constantly seeing these people on social media and you're not, you know, cause I feel like social media can perceive a way of life that's not really realistic to every other person. Um. But yeah, so just change the topic to like whatever you can talk
1: about. Yeah, I would. I think that's I think that's true. Like, I think you have to find ways in which you can um, change the conversation, make the conversation um, about something else. Um, There's so many wonderful, interesting things that are happening around you that tend to get overlooked um, because your head is down looking at your phone and and you know, there's just so much that you guys can talk about and, and, and your personal relationships are, especially right now at the age that you are, are extremely important. So if all of your friends are having, um, you know, some social media time, I would, maybe you can have a conversation with them saying, Hey, I don't have, you know, I'm not on social media or I'm not allowed to do this. Um, Could we have some time without it? Could we talk about something different? Can we Um, you know, change the subject or, or, or wait, let me, even if it's just getting involved in that, like a little bit, like, wait, what did she say on that? Or how did that work? Or I want to see that picture. Sometimes you can then like bridge the gap between what is on social media and then what's happening presently in your life. And then if your parents are listening to this parents, I would tell you that, um, talk to the other parents because most of the time, what I have found when working with parents and in my own situation is that the other parents are in the same boat as you are and that nobody is feeling d- differently. You're all mm-hmm. feeling like, I don't know, this seems a little young for social media. I feel like this is detrimental to our young children's minds, and mm-hmm. and I don't know that they're getting much out of it, and all of a sudden it's addictive. And when you have those conversations with the other parents, then you as a kind of a collective unit can say, okay, we as a group of parents have decided for our children that we're going to be doing this. And then when you go to your children and say, here's, you know, you and your three, five, seven friends, um, parents, we've all decided as a collective group that we're gonna limit this to, you know, only Instagram for 15 minutes a day, or mm-hmm. we're gonna wait until you're in eighth grade or until you're 15, or, you know, whatever it is, or we're locking your accounts, or we're, you know, we have access to your accounts. There's a whole bunch of other things that you can do too. Instead of just it being the accounts themselves, you you, you can you as parents can go, I will allow you to have this account but i am also able to post on that account to read that account i think Mm -hmm. we hazel and i have a great relationship in that she knows i'm allowed to have i could take her phone anytime she can give our rule is i can take your phone at any any time she knows i'm not going to abuse that i'm never going to go i'm going to read through all of your personal messages unless i tell her i'm going to read through all of your personal messages i I wouldn't do that unless there was something big with something was big happening Mm -hmm. something very very Mm -hmm. important Um, if there was a big problem, then I would do that. And I would tell her, Hey, I got to go through your phone and we got to go through this stuff. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's like, Hey, let's just check and see how much time you're spending on it. And all I have to do is say that and his like, Ooh, okay. You know what? (laughs) I have, you're right. I need to put my locks down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, and there has been times where I'm like, I know that this is like, I, I see my time and I'm working on it myself, but just like, give me time. And she'll be like, Yeah. Like, I understand that. But I think also it's important to say, like, don't be afraid to reach out to your parents and ask, why aren't you allowing me to do this? Or why aren't you allowing me to have that? Because I think it's important for, like, I know for me, I was just so confused for a while. And I was just like, like, what is the point to this? And, like, once it was explained and everything, it made sense. But I think also a, a big like, problem that, like, parents have is, like, you know, like, on social media, again, like, lives are perceived differently and people are, like, you know, on Just, like, there's a whole bunch of things that can make your, like, you feel, um, down about yourself or your self-worth go down and whatever. And social media affects different people in different ways. And I think it's important to treat your child, um, like, as an individual and, like, not compare them to other people. Um... But, you know, some people, social media can help because there's relatable people on social media who will talk about that stuff openly. But also it can hurt because there's people on social media who are perceived as the perfect person. um, And that's not realistic. It's not. It's not realistic.
1: And I can't say that enough. I mean, when you are bombarded by pictures and images and reels and videos all of that stuff, I mean, you know, even Hazel will tell you, like, she's putting herself when she's doing a reel, she's putting herself in the best lighting Mm -hmm. possible, you know, her hair is on point, like, she's trying really hard to look a certain way Mm -hmm. to be presentable to be professional to look cute
0: to do. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand, it takes a lot of work. Like, it's not just one reel done. Like, I try over and over again, oh, the lighting wasn't good. Oh, my hair was this way. And it's not because like, you know, like it's just that I want to put myself out there in the best way possible, but I think that can also be taken the wrong way.
1: Right. And then, and then what I would challenge Hazel to do is at some point, maybe just post a picture that's just like the
0: regular Hazel that we see right now. Right. And that's so I know there's this one influencer on Instagram. Her name is Spencer Robosa. And she like kind of like posts like openly about like body image issues and whatever. And what I love about her posts is that she'll do like a whole photo shoot. Now, the last post is always just like some like, random, just real life where you're like, I've been there before or whatever. So she's really showing. So here's what my photo shoot was like. And then here's just a regular picture from my camera that I randomly took. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So know that, know that when you're, the reason, the reason why we put parameters on this as your parents is because we love you. We really, really do. And it's hard. Parenting is a pretty sucky job. Um, It doesn't have a lot of rewards and, um, well, in terms of like every day, it's extremely rewarding because these the children that you're raising are fabulous humans, <laughs> but, um, all the nitty gritty of it, it's really hard, you guys. And so listen, we, we do this now, it, it would be so much easier to go, sure. Have Instagram, sure. Do all of this. But, but when your parent is putting up a fight and they're digging their heels in, it's most likely because they know it's really, really beneficial to stand their ground on this. Mm -hmm. So I just want you to try to understand their positioning. You can certainly ask, but recognize that like we do this because we know it's the best thing. It's not the easiest thing, but it's the best thing.
0: Yeah. So that's our answer to like the social media question. I hope that helped you. Okay. So the next question that I got was what is your opinion on diets?
1: That's a good question. Um, So, Part of the work that I do, um, in addition to, to being a coach for parents and to be a teacher um, and to help um, pregnant people, is my my college degree was in kind of fitness and, and sports. And so I have this background of wellness, fitness, health, and um, it came into play when we had children. And uh, how do you encourage children to recognize that a diet, not diets, but a diet, meaning what you put into your body, whether it's, you know, vitamins, supplements, um, uh, vegetables, proteins, like all of that stuff, That that is your diet, right? So when you're putting all of, when you're changing your, when you're looking at your child's diet, you're thinking about what do I want to offer my child? What do I my, what do I want my child to see? And so for us as parents, we looked at that and said, okay, we want our children to recognize that nothing in my opinion was bad for our children to eat, but, but we always wanted them to recognize that mm-hmm. everything in moderation was okay. So when they talk about diet, we talk about it as what has our diet been like the last seven days what's our diet been like the last year we are in really bad habits around this time because we've had so many sugars so much carbs we've been eating way too late at night we've been starting the morning with you know sugary cereal whatever it is i mean i'm giving out random ideas but <laughs> but the idea that like i would never encourage a child an adolescent to go on a diet i wouldn't encourage an adult to go on a diet um i would say you change overall the way you live including the way you eat. Mm-hmm. So I would change your diet of exercise. Are the you lifestyle? Change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hazel got into a really good habit. Was it... Well, she's really started getting to a good habit during the pandemic when we really had to force kind of everybody to do different things. And um, so we got into this like, okay, so how are we going to move our bodies every day? What are we going to do? How are we going to get outside? So we had mm-hmm. a, a diet of outside, you know, mm-hmm. how much outside time are we getting? our diet of exercise. Was it going to be a walk? Was it going to be a hike? Was it going to be lifting weights? Was it going to be yoga? Was it like having all of those things? So changing the whole lifestyle, right? So if asking about, you know, how, what do you think about a person dieting? I would say, don't, don't diet. Look at what you're putting into your body and then go, is this health, healthy and helpful to, to be a, a, a,
0: to grow as
1: Yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot. Like that's not going to be helpful. Right. When we talk mm-hmm. about being ill, like we talk about being sick and Hazel's like, Oh, I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling like I'm going to get sick. And so it's, she knows like when, the, when those times come, we want to boost some of those vitamins and decrease some of the sugar she's mm-hmm. taking in. Cause we know that sugar doesn't do well in a body that's trying to repair or heal itself. Yeah. So we do a lot of that. We talk a lot about, um, I would say for you, the person who's asking about a diet, so don't don't diet, change what it is that you're putting into the food that you're eating, like balance, balance, right. And recognize that not everything's easy. So if you're a person that's like, I love sugar, like I am, I'm a person who loves oh, same sugar.
0: Yeah. We
1: know in our family, we really do have to be aware of how much we're reaching for that sugar, you know, and, and then going, Ooh, I already probably had a little bit today. So that wasn't great. So I'm going to, you know, not have so much this evening. Right. If I had a a, a treat uh, at, at two o'clock, you know, after lunch, then I'm less likely to have a treat at seven o'clock after dinner, right? If I decide I'm going to have a donut on a Sunday morning, then I'm probably likely not going to have, you know, cake in the evening for after dinner. So I just, I think it's that kind of thing. You're thinking about, I'm not restricting calories. I'm making sure that, you know, all of our family is getting the balance of vegetables mm-hmm. and the the balance of fruits and uh, all of the good healthy proteins and some healthy fats in there. So uh, that to us, I think is the way we live a life. And mm-hmm. I would say if it, and also recognize why it is that you are looking for a diet. Are you right? You want to talk about that? Well,
0: I was just going to say that, like, especially in our generation, the motivation for going on a diet is to, you know, make you look like society, you know, like, um, make you fit society standards or whatever, or to make you lose weight. And I think, it's so important to understand where the motivation for going on a diet is coming from. Yeah. So if the motivation is coming from, I don't like the way my body looks, then find another way to accept your body instead of trying to change your body.
1: Right. That's where the health part would come in. Right. So it's not, your body is probably healthy. Your mind at that point would mm-hmm. not be in the best space. Right. So it's before you go, I'm going to go on a diet. You go, Oh, hold on. Let me check myself and recognize I'm letting other people's, thoughts and ideas or their Instagram posts or their right. whatever influence my own perception of my own body. And to me, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. So once you get that in check, then you can go, all right, now I'm looking at my own body going, great, it's healthy, it's functioning, but I'm noticing I'm having a hard time, you know, when I'm when I'm going up and down the stairs with my friends, I'm the one who's winded and nobody else is. And you go, huh. Maybe I need to do a little more cardio work, right?
0: And I talk about this all the time, but I say like, you can't expect yourself to just like, you know, start something and be able to, you know, like you can't expect yourself to work out one day and be able to work out forever. Like find something that you can do as an activity that you can do. So whether that's a walk or run or whatever that you can consistently do, and that makes you like happy. So you're not forcing yourself to do something you don't want to be doing. Um, but I think as long as like your motivation is coming from a good place, Instead of trying to be like, oh, I'm dieting myself. I'm not eating anything, you know, or I'm only going to be eating vegetables because too much of anything is bad for you.
1: Right, right. Um, you, you
0: need to have a ba- balanced diet. Right. Balance, balance, balance. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just look, not like as long as you're not looking at yourself in the mirror and you're saying, I want to go on a diet because I don't like the way I look. You can just be like, I don't like the way I feel because I just feel like I've been eating too much sugar and like I just my mental state right now isn't really in a good place. And I feel like changing, you know, what I'm eating in a day might be helpful. So that means just like putting more vegetables in my diet or putting more, you know, protein in my diet or whatever. But that doesn't mean dieting, you know. Yeah. Okay. So my next two questions actually relate to each other. So I'm going to read both them and then we can kind of answer them at the same time. So one of them was how to deal with hating your body. And then the other one was why doesn't my body look like the other girls at at school? This makes me so sad. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess my first thing is to say, if you've not heard it enough, you are a fabulous human being. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going to assume that most of the people here are female because they are listening to everything teenage girl. So um, if you identify as a female, then fabulous. And I will say you are fabulous. You are wonderful. You are lovely. You are powerful. You are strong. Um, everybody has their own gifts and their own talents and their own unique look and their own unique style and their own unique features. And because of that, um, it makes us special and dynamic and and unique and 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 we need all of those things to create a society that is so cool. Mm-hmm. when you have everyone looking the same way, yeah. there's no interest in that. There's no, there's no like oh look at that like if everyone's hair looks the same if everyone's eyes look the same if everyone dresses the same all the time there's no interest there's no there's no personality there so be you do you look yeah. like you and recognize that your body was given to you as like this is a healthy functioning human body right so not everything works the same way in every person right some person might go yeah, I have really weak knees, or I have back pain, or I, you know, my legs don't work the same as everybody else's, or I'm missing a limb or whatever it might be, right? Regardless of all of those things, you still have a body that you can do stuff Mm -hmm. with. So you make the best of it, right? You make the best of the body that you've been given and become all that it is, give it everything Mm
0: -hmm. so that you can then
1: go, I'm living to my full potential, right? If you, if you, if you, if you spend too much time in the place of I'm not like anybody else or I'm not like other people or I want to look like other people, it's not healthy for you. But if you spend most of your time going, I wonder what my body could do. I wonder what it's capable of. I wonder how neat I can do it. I wonder if I could push harder here, let go a little bit there, move differently in this way. You're going to find that your body's amazing, right? And it comes in all different shapes and sizes and and, and it should. And you're going to be especially these teenage years, if you're an athlete or if you want to do a sport or choose to do something, you will find that your body will look differently because there's different muscles that are used for different sports. Right. Right. So if you kind of look at like soccer players, generally speaking, they all have a similar, not, not a similar look, but, but, but body types will like you can kind of almost identify like I wonder if that person's a soccer player because it looks like they've got some really dominant quads and legs like they're big leg people and they run a lot so they're so they are slimmer right and Mm -hmm. if you're looking at somebody who's like a gymnast you're looking at like overall they've got like powerful strong muscles generally they're smaller generally they're shorter right so there's just like it takes all of those wonderful different body types and then when you're in that sport, your, your body will shift. You will gain more muscle in other places. You may not be as skinny in the waist, but that does not mean that you are any less healthy. As a matter of fact, many people, because of their different different shapes and sizes, will be super healthy at a higher weight. So you should be right. happy with the body that you have. Yeah. And if you're not happy with the body that you have, you got... You got, you're doing something weird in your head. You need to start shifting that language Mm -hmm. and surround yourself with people that give you wonderful affirmations. They
0: should be hyping you up. They should be like supporting you fully. Um, But yeah, I talk about this in a lot of my episodes. If you need any help, like there's so many episodes where I talk about this, but like this, these questions make me so sad because I was at that point and I know like, like what it's you know like to be in the situation and like i think it's so important to understand that in our generation there is society has such high standards for you and there is no way to meet every single one of those standards high and unrealistic yes be clear unrealistic standards yes right okay and there are so many people that you will see on the internet or on any type of social media that you are feel like they are the perfect people or they have the perfect shape but there's that's not a thing. Like you are perfect for who you are. And I think society's unrealistic standards are just putting teenagers in the stage where they can't feel comfortable with their body unless they meet all the standards, which is impossible because like society is like, oh, you should have an hourglass shape, but like you don't be don't be too skinny because then it's weird, or you know, don't wear enough, don't wear too much makeup because then you're trying too hard. But wear, enough makeup you know like there's so many standards right and recognize that that's going to change
1: so Mm -hmm. an hourglass figure right now that skinny waist and like large hips that was a no-no 20 what 15 10 15 years ago like nobody wanted that and it's going to all change it's all going to shift so one day you're going to be working towards a certain body a certain look a certain eye a certain nose a certain hair and then literally a year two three five down the line it's going to be a whole different look so it's you need to go with I know what my body, what my body can look like, what I want it to look like, how it's going to be healthy, how it's going to work for me. And then be secure in that. And again, mm-hmm. find your people. People need to be around you, supporting you, hyping you up, lifting you up, affirming you. Yeah. It should be your parents for sure. And it shouldn't also be parents. If you're listening, I rarely want to say to Hazel, you like, I like I try not to say you are, she is beautiful but I try not to harp on how beautiful Hazel is, right? I would, when they were younger, I would always say to them, it was never, you are beautiful. It was always, you are fabulous. You are strong, you are powerful, you are capable, you are smart, you are dynamic, you are funny and you are beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, one thing didn't weigh something else out. right? We all look different. So there's gonna be some people that go, oh my God, I love this look. And then this person doesn't have it. And it's like, well, that's okay. I can be loved by this other person because they also love the way my laugh makes them laugh. That can be something that's fabulous in me, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and also if you're someone who's, you know, having low self-esteem because you see all these people on Instagram and social media, all those pictures, just want to point out, pictures can be edited and pictures can be photoshopped. And so when you're looking at these people, all you see is, oh, they have, you know, the hourglass shape or whatever, but just know that behind the scenes they're doing some work too, or maybe they're not. And that's just how they are built. But, you know, in a world where you can't, you never will be able to meet society standards and you shouldn't meet society standards because sometimes it's unhealthy. Right. Um. Like just meet your own standards mm-hmm. and your own standards should just be, I want to have a healthy body. Right. And I want to be able to do what I love and I want to be confident in myself. So don't stop trying to meet society standards because you're, you know, you're like, society standards are so high and so unrealistic that that's not, It's not really possible. Okay. It's not healthy. It's not. Yeah. And you, you can sometimes see on Instagrams like, oh, what I do to get the quote unquote hourglass shape, you know? And it's like, they're starving their body or they're, you know, working out that seems like an unhealthy amount or whatever. But you just look at those people. And I personally, I'm like, I don't want to do that to my body. Well, there's also like you, some some
1: sometimes your body's just not made that way. I will, no matter how much weight I would lose, I don't have the proportions my bone structure and my anatomy isn't one that would ever give me an hourglass figure and i remember in college looking at pictures of you know all of me and my roommates and being like what like i'm the only one that has like a straight up and down fit i just didn't i just have never had a small waist that's just not the way my body is made and finally i realized like even at my you know most healthiest right when i was exercising pretty regularly and eating a kind of a a pretty fabulous diet it didn't matter it didn't matter. I mm-hmm. still never had that hourglass and thought, okay, well, here we go. This is it. just proving that this is the the best shape I can be in, in terms of health. And I still don't have the standards of what society might be looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I just, at that point you just go, okay, clearly again, mm-hmm. I'm reminded.
0: It's not supposed to be like yeah. that. i It's unique. Hating your body is a state of mind. It's not a fact. Mm-hmm. And that's so important to understand. Hating your body and not liking the way you look is not a fact. No one else sees that. No one else goes up to you and thinks you're ugly or doesn't like your body or whatever. No one else is thinking that. It's your mind. You are the hardest on yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important step to understanding how beautiful you are, you know, just being yourself. And so like hating your body is not a fact. It's a mental state. And to get out of mental state, there's many things you can do. And um there's so many things out there that can help you if you want to go to therapy or you know whatever i have a lot of episodes on this and i think yeah this is
1: common for so many uh teens both you know guys and girls and and i will say this share this information with other people right so you should be the person who's you know going out there spreading the word now that you have the information to go oh it actually is not realistic for us to have all the same kinds of bodies it's actually Detrimental to our you know well-being overall. And the more people that start to believe that and recognize that that being unique and different and having different body types and not being fitting a, a mold or a standard is actually the best thing for us, the more we will be able to change the world and go, yeah, this is better. This is this is wonderful. Everyone looks different and it's great. Yeah. So Yeah. Share with your friends and surround yourself around people who will affirm you as a fabulous Mm -hmm. human being.
0: Yes. That's so important. Cause if you're constantly around people who are tearing you down and hurting you, that's not going to help you at all. And they're just insecure about themselves. So they're taking it out on you. Um, So yeah, we'll lead into the next question. Okay. So our next question is all about kind of like parents and like dating and whatever. So One person asked, what is wrong with having a boyfriend? Why don't our parents want us to date? And then the other question was just saying, like, how would strict parents react to me, 13, saying I have a boyfriend? And then they went on to say that he asked them out.
1: Okay. So before we get into this topic, which obviously is a hot topic, um, a couple things. A, I think parents each have their own perspective on when it's appropriate for their children to date. So I have a perspective, my husband and I have a thought, um, and we it's based on our experiences, it's based on what we have decided as parents, and it's based on a little bit of what we know about um, human development, okay? So I'll answer it from that perspective, but also know that sometimes Ethics, morals, um, your religion comes into play. So, you before anything, I would have this conversation with your parents, and I would encourage you. I know this whole episode is about like I don't want to ask my parents that, mm-hmm. um, but I would hope that each of you, if you do nothing from this episode, take a little bit of time just to ask a question or pass this episode to your parents and say, "Mom, Dad, can you listen to this? I just want your thoughts on you know what Hazel's mom talked about and if you agreed with it or didn't agree, and then you can." It might start something so you don't have to ask the questions, but the questions have been asked and then you can like, you know, get into the nitty gritty with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I guess in terms of dating, um, it is my belief that, um, regardless of how mature you are, uh, teenage years are hard. They are hard for a teenager, because a lot of things are happening, right? So there's tons of physical growth, there's tons of mental growth and pruning and kind of uh, reconfiguring of the brain, and and there's tons of hormonal changes, right? So if you took all three of those things out of it and you put an adult into the years of teenage years into middle school age years, right? This like in between 12 up to like 15 ish kind of thing. If you put an adult in that situation, the ones that are mentally stable, the ones that don't have hormone fluctuations, the ones that um, aren't, you know, reforming re, uh, formatting their brain or pruning their brain uh, who don't have physical growth, those stable adults would still be challenged by these years. So recognize that, okay? Recognize that even if you're fabulous, and you're even keeled and things are kind of, you feel like you're in a stable place, it's still gonna be tricky, okay? So that being said, in 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 a in these middle years, these teenage years, not only are you in this state of flux, but you are surrounded by people who are in the state of flux, right? So you not only are you making decisions that quite literally your brain you don't you can't and I don't mean this to be insulting to you I mean this to be literally your brain doesn't have all of its capacities yet right so you're by nature an adolescent is impulsive you can look back on something I guarantee you think about what you did this last week you can look back on this last week and go "Ooh, did I say that I should not have said that right oh I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have behaved that way I, I acted without thinking you can't in the moment be asked to regulate that because you literally don't have the functions to do that. So we know that as adolescents, you're impulsive, right? We know that you, you aren't normally going to be that person, that you will be a person who goes, yeah, I would never do that. I would never put myself in that situation or do that. But what happens is when you are an adolescence, you make these kind of impulsive moves that are not based on things that you would normally think clearly on, right? And when you're in the presence of other people, unfortunately, the studies will tell us that more than one other, two other people, it really pushes that like, I can try this, I can be more daring, I can do different things. So again, you're making decisions that you wouldn't normally make in a different scenario, okay? So knowing that about the teenager, that's what puts us in this, ooh, and now we're gonna add a romantic element to this, right? Now we're gonna add this maybe partly, part intimacy to this and. That's going to add some pretty big dynamics that this population of youth aren't literally are not ready for yet. So that's where this is coming from. It's not like 13 is too young. When you are an adolescent, we understand that you are coming into adulthood. So what it feels like to you guys is I'm going to do silly, corny, quirky, funny things. I'm going to make faces in the mirror. I'm going to post silly things on Um, Snapchat, I'm going to do wonky things that you generally wouldn't see an adult do. We're like, oh, that's childish kind of things, right? That's totally normal. And then there's going to be half the time that you're going to have your foot in the role of an adult, where you're going to be starting to make decisions because you're like, I know, I, I have the expertise in this. I've had the experience in this. I want to make this choice. I have the wisdom here and you are Right? but you also have that part of childhood still with you. So you have one foot in childhood and one foot in adulthood. And that's what makes adolescence so tricky and challenging. So that being said, adding dating to this means it's very, very hard. So what do I believe in terms of dating? I think when you are, when you are in middle school, it's likely that you can have, you you're starting to test out these relationships of like, what am I looking for? What does this mean? I would say, the biggest thing you can do in adolescence in, this middle, in these middle school years is figure out who you are and surround yourself around people who love you, affirm you, and accept you, okay? And then some of those people might be your best friends. Look to those people and go, oh my gosh, these fabulous people are wonderful. And and it's you might find that there's a lot of guys in that that are doing all of that. You've got some boy friends, right? So I would be looking at those friends going, oh, fabulous. They might, in a year or two, turn into be the best boyfriends you could have, right? Or girlfriends, right? So I would look at this and go, if you're looking at dynamic, I'm sorry, romantic relationships, the in these middle school years, let it just be about you. Be egocentric, focus on you, focus on figuring out who you are. And then as you move into high school, That's when you can go, I think I know what I'm looking for. I think I'm secure with myself. And now I can go, I'm looking for somebody else, not to fill me, not to, not to like, oh, I'm missing this in my life, but to add to how wonderful I am. That other person who you are romantically interested in, that person should be giving you something that makes you an even better human being.
0: Okay. So ma. If I came up to you and was like, I have a boyfriend, what would you tell me? Like, uh, would you be like, no, you can't have a boyfriend?
1: I would say, what do you mean by a boyfriend?
0: I'm hanging out with him and we're going on a date.
1: Um, who's taking you? I mean, first of all, like, okay, but Right. I would I would control that and say, no, you're not going on a date because you're not going to isolate yourself from your other peers. We don't want that to be an isolating thing, right? So I'm looking at going, no, I'm not going to send just the two of you off together what i would say is if you guys are all meeting up at the mall wonderful lovely have a great time if that means that you as a 13 year old 14 year old are you know quote I-, I love this term dating you can't date you're 13 and 14 but like right you're just meeting up at a park somewhere right you're you're going to a mall you you, you say that you're dating because you like each other and maybe there's some hand holding or some kissing or whatever but i i believe that once you start becoming into that like like once you start really connecting with another human being and going like, yes, this is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. We are a couple. You then isolate other people. And when you isolate your, remember we talked about earlier, having these like people around you that are affirmers. So when you isolate yourself, right? So if you're dating, give me a person's name.
0: I know. Jimmy.
1: Can we go with the Jimmy? Jimmy's not a common name now, so we'll go with the Jimmy. So Hazel's dating this guy named Jimmy, right? And she says, "I'm dating this guy named Jimmy," and I'm saying, eh, "You're probably—I mean, she—and according to me, she would not be dating him because I'm not taking her on dates. She might be going with all of her friends and meeting up places and doing things and holding hands and whatever. That to me is like, okay, as long as it doesn't become Jimmy." and hazel together by themselves for long periods of time because what I don't know Jimmy well enough to know that he's going to be affirming her like her support team has already done.
0: What if you do know this person?
1: If I knew if I knew Jimmy was loving and supporting, I would still say at the age of 13 14 there's still some growth to be done. Hmm.
0: See, I have a different perspective on that. Personally, I like think that like as like a teenager and going into like your adulthood like that's kind of your thing like you're testing out who you want in a relationship, what you want to have in a relationship, what's valuable to you in a relationship. What do you not want to do next time? Well, this person was lying, so I don't want that next time. And here is this, you know, here's the signs that they're lying and here's the person that I'm here's the kind of people that I'm not going to trust and whatever. And I think as teenagers like that's like part of our life. Like we're going to like people and whatever. Um and I think for me like I would say just like, you know, test out like that's kind of like what where I stand is like test out. And at this time, you're you're figuring out who you want to have in a relationship and what is valuable to you in a relationship. And so you can tell that we have different opinions on that. But that's just personally sure you have hormones and whatever, but that's just going to be part of your teenager life. And
1: right. hormones are one thing. The impulsive behavior is a big thing right? And I'm not talking about, I mean, we can get into all the other dynamics of that, which I don't think we're going to get into at this point, but um, I would be more, con- I would, first I'd be more concerned with the social aspect of it. Again, because I feel like this is a critical point in a young person's life where I want them surrounded by people who are loving, affirming, supportive, accepting, right? And then I can go, now when my young adult human is going out there in this world and starting to express their wants needs desires emotions to another person and saying hey i think i want to create a connection with you i think i want to become a little bit more romantic or create more of a a different relationship between the two of us then i feel like they have what they need to be successful
0: fair enough um yeah we stand like we stand in different places with this but obviously that's apparent and uh child's perspective on it um but like another person asked like you know i don't have the question with me right now but they were just saying let's see if i can. oh was it
1: the one who asked about the why does she like her friends
0: yeah she was just saying like why do i go through groups of you know guy friends or whatever and i feel like i'm you know ruining my relationships with them and stuff
1: okay so i'm not a medical expert i'm not giving you medical advice see your therapist all of that jazz (laughs) right but I I wonder if that person who's looking for, like, I go, I go, I take all these friends and I, like, I, I end up having these romantic relationships with them and then I move on to the next group or whatever. It's like, huh, what, what are you looking for? That's, you see,
0: yeah. I was wondering the same thing. I was thinking that maybe she, it, my guess is if they're friends, they have similar interests and they have similar personalities and whatever. And I think that kind of from what, you said, like you said, you're going through them, kind of. So I'm wondering if it's like, well, that is the type of person right. that I like, yeah. just not this person. So you found another person like that, or you,
1: or you go, that's the person I want to have to 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 like to support me, to affirm me, to love me, to mm-hmm. accept me, right? So you're looking at that person, and you realize, like, it, you can. I would, I would wonder if you can find that person in a friend doesn't have to be male, female. I don't care, you know, in terms of gender, I would just wonder about like, could you find a solid friendship that would be what you're looking for? And then in addition to that, then if that turns into a romantic relationship, great. Um, I would, I think dating your friends is fabulous.
0: You know them, right? Yeah.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. I mean, You need to be mature enough. And this is, again, why I say dating really needs to probably wait until you can have conversations. Like, you want to have conversations. Like, that was really rude. I didn't like the way you treated me. But as
0: someone, like, I'd say I'm, like, more mature. And I know people who've dated other people that just got completely out of hand. But, like, as, like, someone who's, like, mature, like, I'm okay with having those relationships. and you know, Or with those conversations in relationships, you know. I'm someone who's not going to, like, like, if I find something that's, like, an immediate, like, as we can, I don't know, red flag, right? Like us, like something like having like a relationship, like is not valued to me, but I have a very, like, I have high standards. And so I'm not about to like date someone who's not going to like, um, meet those standards because you know if i find something i'm like okay i'm not i'm not gonna tolerate this it just wasn't you know or i have those conversations you know with them and say hey this was rude or hey this is mean or hey that's not right or whatever like i'm someone who's willing to have those conversations yeah
1: i think you need to have the maturity enough to be willing to have hard conversations with people when you have romantic relationships and i don't think at 13 most people have that Right? So I am – I would say I'm pushing that into – let's wait until you're in high school. And even, frankly, some of those high schoolers I feel like may not be able to But, I
0: mean, that. also, if you like a guy and, like, he asks you out, like, are you just going to say no because you're not ready?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes. But, like, what if- yes, you are going to say no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you are not ready, you say but, no. But, like,
0: what if – like, you you like this person. So it's like –
1: Yes. If you like somebody and they're saying, Hey, Hazel, I want to date you. And you're like, I just don't feel like I'm ready. Well, what if I do feel like I'm ready? If you felt like you were ready then, and again, you know, you are an older person in terms of where you are in grades. um, And you have the maturity. This is the time I'm like, maybe, maybe, I mean, you know, I would honestly though, you, you have to, you have to, relationships are not just like, a. they start off as a friendship. They should always start off as a friendship, right? And then they should grow from there. Mm -hmm. And if you are like, I don't know this, I would create a friendship first and then go, yeah, I'm willing to trust this person to not hurt me or damage me. I'm willing to, I know this person well enough to know that, you know, they're not going to go and you know, say something online about me or post something online or whatever it is that I'm either not comfortable with or didn't know about or was mean or detrimental or hurtful, right? Mm -hmm. So if I had that relationship with somebody and if you said, okay, I like Jimmy's ask me out, Jimmy's great, I think I want to start dating Jimmy, you and I would have a conversation about Mm -hmm. that, right? And then we would say, what does that mean? What what would that entail? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. And then I would be, as your parent, be the one to go, you're spending kind of like the internet, kind of like social media, you were spending way too much Jimmy time. We're going to put a lock on Jimmy, right? And we're going to say, Jimmy's done. You had your 15 minutes of phone calls with Jimmy. We're done with Jimmy. You need to find your other friends, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be how I, I would help you manage that.
0: Okay. So that gave you a different perspective, like a parent's perspective and a child's perspective. So I hope that like helped you in like answering your questions. But I know that gave you like two perspectives and like, I totally understand your perspective, but definitely from a parent's perspective, it's much different. Um,
1: and talk to your parents about it. Talk to them, talk to them, talk to them, have the questions just, and and, and if you approach it in a, can we have a conversation where nobody gets upset, where I can ask you honest questions, would you be willing to do that? I'm hoping that your parents would say, yeah, let's have this conversation. And if you need to go, I should have said this earlier. Um with Hazel and I and then my oldest, we had books we haven't done it in forever, but when they were younger preteens, we had these books that we would pass back and forth. Do you remember those books? Mm-hmm. So I would write something in the book. It was kind of like a like Oh a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like the between between mom and child. So ours was a mom and daughter. Yeah. Um and we would write like a message like what do I wish for my child? when she goes into her teenage years. what was She would write, what was my most embarrassing moment? What are my goals? And there would be questions in there that would be like, there would be pages where you could say anything you wanna ask. And we had kind of rules of like, if it was written in a different color ink, it was like, I don't wanna talk about this outside of this book. So if I'm writing, hey, tell me about your first kiss in red, that was like, I do not read, I do not talk about this. You can just tell me about your first kiss, write it in black. And then I can read it and then done, we're done talking about it. So if Hazel ever had a question about something or she wanted to tell me something and she didn't want to bring it out and actually have a verbal conversation, she'd write it in the book. And we didn't, you know, for some people, it might be a whole lot of that. And for some, it might just be like, I'm going to write this one letter to you, mom or dad, and I want to give this to you, please. Actually, Hazel does this a lot. When she's got some thoughts and some feelings, she will write it down in a letter and then give it to us. And then it kind of helps, I guess, probably will does it help you process things. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't like confrontation. So that was, that's my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, cause it like, I'm a very emotional person. So like half the time it's just easier for me to take my time and like write it. And I can always go back and erase it and change my thoughts and feelings, you know? And so it's easy for me to change and whatever. So
1: yeah. Cause otherwise she's bawling her eyes out cause she, yeah. Does a handstand and knocks a hole in the wall. Yeah, that's
0: that's a story. <laughs> that's a story, yeah.
1: Yeah, you'll have to ask
0: Hazel. I did, in fact, kick the wall on accident, or the ceiling, and punch, or kick a hole in the ceiling yeah. on accident. It was not a It's a
1: story for another day, but yes. maybe she'll share some of those yeah. stories with you.
0: So I will not be able to get to every question because this is a very long episode, but I have one more question that I just want to touch on really quickly. So the next question um Was asking, like, what were the differences during high school, like when my mom was in high school? And then, like, what did they do differently? How did your mom act in high school? And then, same for you. So,
1: if you wanna. Um, Hazel just pointed something out <laughs> as we took a break there for a second. She said, Didn't you have a boyfriend in middle school? And I did. Um, yeah, I did have a boyfriend in middle school. Um, we, we use the term going together.
0: Yeah, no
1: one uses that. Either. I know. Well, hey, <laughs> the question is, what was different? So in middle school and high school, we would go together. That's how you knew that you were with somebody. They would ask you, do you want to go together? Oh. Um, and then you would say, yes, I want to go together. And then um, in high school, it would be like we had we had dances, right? So we had similar to what it is here. And I'm from the South. And so in the South, we had very different dances, but we had like, um, we had like a homecoming and we had a, uh, a Sadie Hawkins, which was a girl ask guy. Um, we had a prom, we had sock hops after every home football game. So we would have dances. Dances were always big. We would have parties like house parties that were always chaperoned. So we'd have like adults there. Um, And we'd all be kind of like the last party that we were just at the Halloween party, like adults would be there kind of hanging and then all the high schoolers would be there hanging. Um, So they were always chaperoned. Um, And that like we never we never dated in that sense. Right. That's middle school. As we moved up into high school. um, Yeah, there was definitely going on dates. I had a curfew. Um, What else was different? I mean, we didn't have cell phones, so everything. It was very different. But it was,
0: I think like the um, kind of it equals like nowadays, like we call it like talk, you would call it like going together. We call it like talking to someone, mm-hmm. um, where you're just kind of like getting to know them in a sense and you're not like dating, you're just like talking yeah. to them and you both like each other yeah. and you're just like. Yeah, that's I think that's that's totally fine. That's reasonable. Right? I feel like that's but very I different. I feel like that kind of leads into something and you're saying you don't want it to lead into I'm saying you're saying as long as you have you're in the talking stage first yeah. and then you continue to yes. like i would forward. say most of the
1: stuff too at the age of you know 12 11 12 13 that stuff's going to peter out you're going to talk to somebody and then you're going to go like oh god that was weird i didn't like that he said that he called me this or okay, and then you know they didn't like out. this yeah and then you're, yeah. Just,
0: you're you're moved on but as soon as you start so you want it to slowly progress so you don't you're totally. not necessarily against dating you just want it to slowly progress instead of being like Oh, you like me. I like you. We're, we're dating now. Yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes.
1: Because again, I feel like most of that stuff, when you move too quickly into anything, especially in adolescence, again, because of the way the brain works, you're making these decisions and then later on you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Why would I even say that? Why did yeah. I do that? Right? Yeah. So we're, I'm trying to put parameters so that you mm-hmm. don't have to be in that, like, what was I thinking yeah. phase.
0: Okay. Getting back to the question of like, what's different? Well, okay, you asked
1: uh we didn't have cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have um one of my friends had the first car phone. Like it had like in her car she had a phone, but that was like the first thing we Snazzy. ever had. I know, right? <laughs> it's like i literally like had a handset, you know, that's crazy. Uh she well let's see, we did it was sports was big where I was, and so there was always like you were always going to games or events
0: yeah, we still um, do that. yeah, like Friday night, game, yeah, yeah Friday,
1: night football like, games. You'd meet up, you'd meet up at, for like the basketball game and then you'd mm-hmm. hang out and then you'd get your parents to drive you to like the restaurant and then you'd hang out at the restaurant after like you'd all get a big table and eat there. That was a mm-hmm. big deal for us. um or you'd go back to somebody's house and somebody's you know parents would be there and you'd just have you know some food or some pizza and hang out for a little bit and then you'd go home. yeah, so to, I don't know what it's like right now. I mean, you know, my older child is in
0: high school. Um, I'm not in high school, guys. Just so you know, I'm still in eighth grade. I have not moved on to high school yet. So so I think that um, high school is similar in that. Um,
1: There are definitely things in high school that are happening that I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't have to deal with that. Um, I wish you didn't have to deal with constant barrage of information.
0: All these people like vaping in public school bathrooms grosses me out.
1: Well, we didn't have vaping. We had smoking
0: still,
1: so, so, gross, so we personally. absolutely well, it, it was it was, I mean, yes, and it was gross in when I was, you know, you know, yeah, in high school, it was gross then because it was like it was full on smoke, yeah, so, I mean, I saw, I saw things that like limited amounts of things. My exposure was I had limited exposure, and i'm I'm happy that I had that, yeah, but I had some serious things that happened in life. There was trauma, there was tragedy. there was, relationship issues, Um, there was like all of that stuff, not in my life, well, kind of in my life, but like certainly around me, Mm -hmm. right? So I was exposed to a friend of mine passing. I was exposed to some dating violence. I was exposed to like, uh, that happened to friends and or peers and or schoolmates, classmates. Mm -hmm. And so when you would see that, um, I think that is similar. Uh, The difference is that was not reposted That was not caught on film. And Mm -hmm. everything that you guys do now is mm -hmm. is memorialized. It's like
0: you can't get away with anything. Which is sometimes great because you get to look back on that. But sometimes can be a horrible thing because now there's stuff that you didn't want online. Yeah. I would say it's mostly horrible.
1: You're going to make an impulsive move and say something dumb. You're going (laughs) to say something that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe um, your best friend. Like somebody, right? I can't believe she put that dumb thing in her hair. And then somebody posts that and it's like, I was totally joking. Cause the next sentence after that was like, look like this. And then you're putting it in your hair and it's a big joke and you're laughing about it. But all of a sudden it gets out there and then your friend's like, wait a second. I thought you liked that big thing. And you're like, I did. I thought it was funny. Like I was doing it at the same time. Like that was the joke that just wasn't caught on film. So I just, I think it puts you guys, it sets you up for failure Mm. so much. So you have to be way more forgiving of yourselves. You have to be way more forgiving of other people. You have to recognize that living in a world of cancel culture now puts you in a very tricky situation. And I think that you really do have to be careful about how you present yourself. And then also saying to your friends, let's put the phones down and mm-hmm. and like, just like, can we just be silly and be with one another and mm-hmm. hang out and not have to like take a picture of everything? Because there's going to be a time when I look back at those pictures and go, I'm so sorry I wore that or didn't, or look like, I mean, I, you know, I literally like just put something on the other day that I wore back in high school for Halloween. And was like, I cannot believe I wore this. So it's funny.
0: Yeah. Personally, like when I look back, I'm like, I love, I love looking at those things. Yeah. But, and to just to look on the positive side, cause that's who I am. Sh- mistakes can also shape your life. So to look at something and be like, I don't want to do this. It could have a bad influence on me, whatever. I think that you should, and I'm not saying do like bad stuff or whatever. I'm saying think about what you're doing, but also like don't hesitate to do something like not crazy, crazy, but like don't hesitate to be like, I'm going to go on the bumper cars. Maybe I don't want to go on the bumper cars. But you know, I'm going to because it's,
1: right. We call that like a healthy amount of risk. Right. Right? An appropriate we want adolescents to be risk takers. We want you to take appropriate right. risks. That's something I've Safe been li- living
0: by now. Because I think when like I had when I was having a lot of anxiety, like I really was on the safer side and I didn't really let myself do anything or whatever. But recently I've been kind of Branching, not branching out. I mean, I guess branching out a little yeah. bit
1: and kind of going, Healthy you know risk what? Risk.
0: Maybe I don't want to do this, but I'm not going to regret it. Or maybe I will regret it, but then I know, you know, like it's not something that will harm me in any way. But it, yeah, we're it, talking about like a haunted yeah. house,
1: like going right. to a house. I might regret it. House. I might
0: think it's horrible. I might have a setback. Mm-hmm. I might,
1: you know, feel like I'll never do that again in my life, which might in fact be your mother. Like I hated <laughs> haunted houses, right? Yeah. We went through one. I was like, that's it. Never again. Never again will mm-hmm. I do that. But it's one of those, it's a healthy risk to take that and go, nothing. It's not going to, it's not going to shape my life forever. Like this is not going to be one of those things. It's like, I'm going to be traumatized Mm -hmm. by this. So taking a risk, a healthy risk, a risk that's reasonable and go, I want to see if I can challenge myself. We call used to call them and still stretch and grow moments, right? When you go, I know you're uncomfortable doing this, but I think this is probably something you should do. If there's a little bit of discomfort, in a healthy way, you mm-hmm. should try it,
0: right? Yeah. I wouldn't normally talk to this person. Right. We're not saying go do drugs. That's no. not what no, we're saying we at not. all. No, We are no. saying maybe rearrange your room. I don't, that's a little less on the side, but <laughs> that's what I was looking Talk at. to somebody that in your school
1: that you go, I don't necessarily know that I'm gonna like have, uh, like they're gonna be a great friend, but maybe like they're new to the school and I wanna yeah. give them a shot. I'm gonna be uncomfortable introducing myself, but I'm gonna try it, yeah. right? present something that you wouldn't normally present. Like if Mm -hmm. somebody says, hey, do you want to run for student council? Do you want to try this? And you're like, oh, I don't really want to do, that's a healthy risk Mm -hmm. because you might not be voted in on that. You might have a presentation that fails miserably, right? But that stuff is, it's going to give you, it's going to give you information and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to help you grow. That's that stretch and grow.
0: And like, I know I've had a few experiences and like recently that like, I've been like, I don't, Want to do this, but I'm going to, you know, like I went to an arcade a few weeks ago and there was like bumper cars and my friend didn't want to go on it, but I didn't want to go alone. But I was like, I really want to have this experience. So I, yeah. So it took Aww. me a while, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go Yay. because I know I'm not gonna regret it. And, and did it's you love gonna it? Be fun for me. And it was fun. Totally fun. And those are the moments where I was like, like I was just gonna be like impulsive and whatever and just be like, Yeah, I'm going. It's fine. I'm going. Yeah. And then, you know, like we went to the haunted house and I was like. Really, like, right before we went I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this. You know, like, it, it like I wasn't fun for me. Like, this is not something I normally would do. And I went and I had so much fun, you Yay. know. And so there's been moments where you just have to kind of take that step. You have to take that leap yeah. and go, this it won't be dangerous for me in any way. But it's something that I'm uncomfortable doing. So happy
1: for you. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I hope your listeners are able to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I that was going to be my last question for today because we are, you know. It's a long one,
1: you guys. Yeah.
0: So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that um, you learned a lot and some of your your questions were answered. And make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify. You can also leave a rating. And then you can also follow my podcast Instagram, which will be all linked in the description below. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you next week. Bye.